welcome to an honest heart-to-heart and transparent conversation about all things mental health. Love it or risk it. Navigating with you in this crazy thing we call life is yours truly, Christine. Every episode, I want to make us comfortable with the uncomfortable and give voice to the unspoken struggles or outspoken ones. Let's break the stigmas and stereotypes of the day-to-day mental health and live a liberating life. So, whether you love it or this topic makes you squirm, all are welcome. I'm giving you fair warning, so if you're heading out, hopefully I'll see you soon. But if you're still there, relax, take a seat, grab your choice of liquid therapy, and let's get started. Thank you, Dennis Mallon, for joining me today. I really appreciate you reaching out to me. You're definitely a gift right now. My very first podcast interview. So I'm just (laughs) excited to find out more about you and your experience with acting. Um, I know you do production, casting, directing, acting, and you've had many years in the experience. So tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and we'll go from there. Well, Christine, thank you so much for having me today. I really uh, appreciate being on, starting the new year with you, and a lot of great stuff going on. I've been down here in Florida now. It's going on nine years. Um, You know, born in New Jersey, you know, raised in New York, New Jersey, you know, worked all that, had a corporate career. Actually, I've gone through a few careers. Funny uh, how anyone graduating college today is going to go through three different careers. I'm a culinary school graduate, which I just got cast in a Remy Martin commercial nice. as a chef. Congratulations. So, that's so awesome. That's, thank you. So that's, I'm starting off the new year with a, with a big national commercial. I show up with a, a black chef coat on and I know how to take care of my knives. And I'm just like, you know, kind of doing my thing. I haven't been in a commercial kitchen in like 20 years, but I, I love to cook. I, I cooked for my kids for Christmas and I just made a seafood extravaganza. Awesome. Um, Went for a business degree, Rutgers University. I was a young chief executive officer of a technology company. Built that company, sold that company, lost a shit ton of money, 99, Mm -hmm. 2000, 2001. Um, While I was doing all that, I started doing the acting. Because I can't sit still. You know, my hair, I don't know, back in the day, there wasn't no ADD. Mm -hmm. Okay, You You weren't diagnosed in fifth grade back in... 80 whatever it was yeah. dad slaps you in the back of the head get back at it what do you mean you don't know algebra focus well, i don't know you know mm, yeah. so <laughs> stuff like that kind of impacts kind of who you are what you do and what you're all about i'm the oldest of three my sister kellyanne two years four days younger than me with both scorpios are so both very competitive she's straight a's from birth i'm straight c's from birth okay oh, yeah. but you know, if you measure success the way the world measures success, I've had a lot of blessings. I've had a lot of good stuff. She's had a lot of good blessings, too. It's just different paths altogether. Our right. younger brother, Brian, eight years younger, he's on his total journey on his own, but he's having fun. He's got a good job. He's got a good wife, great family, and everyone's doing their thing. So, you know, I come from a, my father was the steady guy, nine to five, blue collar worker. My mother was the entrepreneur, is the entrepreneur. And I like roles of broken characters. You know, I like characters that have depth Mm. because it's easy to play the Lily White Sheriff. Yeah. Right? It's easy to play the Johnny, you know, go lucky, goody two-shoes type of guy. 
it's the Christian Bale type characters, American Psycho. It's mm -hmm. the Al Pacino type characters. Okay, there's layers. There's an onion to them, so it allows me to to get in there and peel back the onion, you know, mm -hmm. and really explore different things. And I've done some, <laughs> some pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Along my career, you, you've done your research. You said so. Yeah, I, I did. I, you had various <laughs> movies and roles that you play, so that's Thank pretty you. interesting. That's yeah. that's awesome. You know, it, it's you're the culmination of where you are today because you know once you stretch a rubber band, the rubber band's never going to go back to the original shape. Once right. it's stretched, it's stretched. Same thing from an actor's perspective. Once you've mm -hmm. done a role that might be challenging, well, you're better off for the next time, okay? right? Because you know how to manage those emotions, you know how to tap into those emotions, you know how to go there and come back. If that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Okay. Now, did when you said that you know there was no ADD back then, have you had a diagnosis of that, or is that an inclination based on all the symptom of what we know that looks like? Or self-diagnosed. Okay. Okay. Self-diagnosed. Yeah. I'm disciplined enough where I believe I, I've always read books and I've got mentors. Habits and routines, habits and rituals really serve you. Mm -hmm. So I'm a creature of habit. Uh, if ever you want to assassinate me, you'll know where I am at 1030 Monday <laughs> through Friday or, yeah. or, you know, 7 p.m. on a Friday night. Unless I'm on set, you pretty much know my routine. So and that that serves me. It's like, OK, we've got an early morning. Fine by me. And my apologies. I thought be that as it may. I, I sleep six hours. Okay? OK, I wake up. I meditate. I wake up after meditation, I take a cold shower, I eat oatmeal, I eat avocado, I go to the gym, I that's that's kind of my routine. So I've mm -hmm. learned from Ed Milet, a mentor of mine, um, I, I've worked with him, I've been in a financial firm with him for 20 plus years. Uh, I don't know if he's still affiliated, man's worth about $200 million. And uh, he mentors me from afar for different, uh, for different things. But if if Ed says, do this, do this, do this, success, excuse me, success leaves clues. Mm -hmm. Success leaves clues. So yeah. there's something to his routine. And I basically have his entire routine. That's so, great. You know, I I believe in that. And it's like anything else. The great Tom Hanks says, you know, a few things. If you show up on time for a movie, you're late. Mm -hmm. You're always never show up on time because that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You got to be off book. You've got to have your script memorized and yeah. you got to bring 10 different ideas. You've got to bring 10 different ideas because he here's the thing. A lot of directors, and I'm not disparaging anybody, they really, they're very technical, but they don't know what they want from a creative perspective. Mm, okay. okay. Because between scenes, <laughs> I either huddle in my little corner by myself, go in my little shell. Or I try to huddle with the director and the DP, director of photography, to say, you know, so what do you think? Do you mm -hmm. like this? Do you like that? I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about that. So it really is a collaborative uh, effort. And it's it's interesting. I, I did this one role, I guess, about three years ago now. And uh, my good friend, Renelle Golden, great, great writer, uh, cast me. And she goes, look, I need you to play a 70-year-old man with dementia. And it's a real heart pulling 
string scene. I go, all right. I go, let me read it. Let me see it. And I can, you know, you pull on certain experiences you have in your life. My grandmother died of dementia, you know, Alzheimer's dementia. And I remember kind of seeing her kind of wearing away. She remembered my baby son. Do you remember my son when he was a baby? But I said goodbye to her six months before. So mm -hmm. I set up, I do this scene. <laughs> I'm in pajamas, a t-shirt, and a raggy old cardigan sweater. Because I don't know, I guess that's kind of what we imagine. And yeah. they grayed me out, which was amazing. I've got a picture of it somewhere. I, Not that I'm a hot 70-year-old, but I look <laughs> good 70 years old. So mm -hmm. the scene unfolds, and we're, we're blocking the scene. We're rehearsing the scene. The um, my uh, my grandkids come in, and I'm in the I'm in the uh, uh, the home, right, the old timers home, whatever you call it. And I just went there. I went emotional. Sorry. No, and don't apologize. No. <laughs> what I found interesting about it, okay, director calls cut. Makeup comes in to clean me up. She's crying. Mm. I'm like, what's the matter? She goes, oh my god, you're amazing. The director comes in, he's crying. The wow. director, the DP comes in, he's crying. So from an actor's perspective, I'm like, yes, yeah. I got him. You know, I you nailed it. Yeah. I nailed it. <laughs> so he goes to me, John, John K, the director goes to me, hey, can you do that again? I go, yeah, I can. I go, give me a minute. Let me get it together. And I was able to, we did about four or five takes. And I was able to kind of to go deeper and go deeper and go deeper. So, you know, as uh, we were talking earlier, as a method actor, you know, and when you think of method actors, who do you think of? Al Pacino. Mm -hmm. Mr. Pacino, by far, all the roles that he's played. Now, I worked with him. My first everything was in Devil's Advocate. Now, if he stays in the role, if he embodies that role and stays in character for the 30, 60, 90 day shoot, who was he for those 90 days? Okay. It gets scary at times. Yeah. So I'm in a big courtroom scene. And again, it's my, my first SAG feature. I'm an extra. I get picked out of the crowd, which is fortuitous. And I'm sitting there. And right over my shoulder, I've got Mr. Pacino. Right in front of me, I've got Keanu Reeves. And off to my side, I've got Craig T. Nelson. I don't know if you remember the movie and whatnot. Just an amazing movie. Well, um, Taylor Hackford director big burly viking looking guy he could be seven five he could be five five as far as i know but just he just looks so powerful he goes action and then immediately goes cut you and you out apparently i had two extras next to me that were that weren't doing anything or sitting there stoic now i don't care what role you have as an actor you always have to have an intention okay Life happens. You're not sitting in a courtroom scene with one of the biggest murder trials uh, of the century, and you're sitting there. Right. No, you're engaging. Mm -hmm. You're engaging. And I created my attention real quick, and that's a lesson for anybody looking to act or get into any field. You always have to have an intention. So my intention, sure, I'm, I'm an extra making whatever I'm making, but no, I'm a lawyer. I'm here as a lawyer. Maybe I'm part of Keanu's firm. Maybe I'm just a law student. Who knows? But I'm, you know, I'm leaning forward. I'm engaging. I'm shaking my head. Yeah. And um, instinctively, I kind of looked over my shoulder and the voice of God, Mr. Pacino said, you're right, son. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And I look up, Keanu turns around. He's looking at me. I smile. 
you know, like, <laughs> what the heck? This is surreal. So, you know, Mr. Pacino, of course, method actor, Christian Bale, method actor, American Psycho, mm-hmm. um, and all the work that he's done throughout the years. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest in peace. Heath Ledger, rest in peace. Yes. That River was one Peace. that I was wanting to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Tell my listeners of what those projects are that's coming up. I thought that was pretty awesome with your new chef endeavor. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Well, I've got a, uh, I've got a few national commercials coming out. It's funny, we were talking earlier. If you look at my career path or my educational path, it, it's quite um, quite eclectic, if, if I can apply that word. You know, getting out of Kearney High School as a straight C student uh, back in the day, uh, I went to culinary school, of which I excelled. So went to culinary school for a few years. I worked at the Rainbow Room in Manhattan. I worked at the Pegasus Racetrack in New Jersey. Great experiences, life experiences. Well, it's tough having a lifestyle. It's tough having a life when you're in that field. Being young, you don't know what you want. Right. Kept on going back to school, uh, business, business colleges and stuff like that. I became employee number three of a dot-com. I became a 25-year-old CEO of a technology company. And it was hysterical because I'm a kid and I'm <laughs> leading a bunch of kids and we're making money hand over fist without knowing the way of the world. And it's, yeah. you know, certain experiences are really fortuitous. And when I got the promotion to CEO, it's like the world stopped. My office was so quiet. It's like I haven't changed. Everybody around me changed. Well, at that time, and we were talking earlier, I can't sit still. I'm at my best when my hair is on fire. <laughs> I've got 10 things going on. I can just, I, I don't know how and why. It, it is a blessing, probably a curse. I can manage. Why well, I started acting, why I had the biggest position of my entire life, of my entire career. Now, mind you, I'm responsible 28-7 to the company, and I started acting during all this. My first role was uh, was Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Oh, yeah. wow. That's cool. Yeah. Talk about jumping into the deep end. Yeah. And I didn't read any Steinbeck in high school, college, and here I am, Lenny. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> what a complicated role. What a deep, you know, onion peeling back role. Lenny, you know, the great John Malkovich played Lenny, mm-hmm. by the way. And lesson to anybody listening, if there's somebody else that has played the role that you have, do not watch their work. I wrecked myself by watching the great Malkovich and the great Sinise. Wrecked myself because I thought I was going this way. Oh, my gosh, Malkovich goes this way. So I'm contracted for 10 shows. The second show I'm driving home, I was living in New Jersey at the time. I'm going through the Lincoln Tunnel and I'm depressed. And I'm crying and I'm a mess. And I'm talking to my mentor, Jim Demonic. And I'm like, I don't understand it. Why am I? He goes, well, obviously you're a method actor. I go, Jim, I don't know what that means. I don't care, but this sucks. (laughs) And I got to go to work in the morning. This sucks. Just relax. Just breathe. Just, you know, don't do anything crazy. Just be cool. Okay. (laughs) So finished up the obligation. And then I quit. I quit acting. My first gig. After I did it, I quit because I couldn't handle how I felt, if that makes any sense. I couldn't yeah. handle, I was in my head, I was emotional, I couldn't handle it. Sounds like you're empathic too. You know, I, I've heard that many times. I don't know how to define that, and I, I'll go into it with you later on. But, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, it's interesting. So <laughs> literally, I'm in my office at the technology company, and two weeks to the day, I get a call. It's uh, it's a Monday. It's a slow Monday. Hey, Dennis, why don't you go to this audition? It's at 123 Main Street. Doesn't matter the address. I tell mm -hmm. you, it was literally two blocks from my Manhattan office, and it was at noon, and I was already in, in a suit. If it was two and a half blocks, if it was three blocks, if it was at 1215, I probably wouldn't have gone. But I said, what the heck? I walked in there and it was a it was for China Airlines commercial and I nailed the commercial. You wow. know, you nailed something. I walked out of there floating back to my office <laughs> thinking it's a one off. I'm back. It's a one off. Get it out of your system. Move on. I get a call two days later. Hello, Mr. Mallon. Now, Mr. Mallon, that's my father. <laughs> that's my uncle. I'm Dan Dennis. My pronouns are Dan and Dennis, right? Just, you know, um, Mr. Mallon. Yeah, we want to book you for this commercial. We're going to pay you X. Who's your agent? I don't have an agent. I go, can I call you back? I call my buddy, Jim Demonic. Jim worked at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and Sciences. He was a, he was a dean. Jim, who's my agent? Then I'll have somebody call you back in five minutes. Can't give you the specifics, but I got a call from a very big agency in Manhattan. And the guy was like, all right, son, don't worry about it. We got it covered. What are they, what are they offering you? Ah, we'll get you double. Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, sir. So I tell you this because if it wasn't set up perfectly, I wouldn't be where I am today. So, and that's, that's how I, I started everything off and I've been running ever since. Wow. You know? That's amazing. It Especially is so early on. I mean, that's I, huge. I've worked with Mr. Pacino three times, you know, um, uh, scent of a woman and the Irishman. Wow. So the Irishman down here in Miami. So just, you know, I, I pray I can have a one-on-one -on -one scene with him, mm -hmm. you know, sometime within this life. <laughs> yeah. Cause that would just be amazing. Absolutely. Be amazing. Well, you keep doing what you're doing and I'm sure that's not far from what reality could be for sure. Thank you. You're welcome. So let our listeners know a little bit about what me method acting is. I know sure. we talked about it and I've, you know, done some research about it, but for those sure. who aren't familiar with that, what is that and how does that affect your mental health? How has that impacted it? So I'll give you some examples. First off, Al Pacino, method mm -hmm. actor, Christian Bale, method actor, Heath Ledger, rest in peace, method actor, Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> yeah. Um, River Phoenix, rest in peace. So it's it's interesting. Now I've never, and again, I'm not, I'm just talking for myself, I'm not casting aspersions either way, just kind of kind of me. Mm -hmm. Not that I've always been disciplined in my life. I'm not gonna lie to you and say, look, I've always been a gym rat, I've always been this, but I've always kind of been in tune with what I need and what I don't need. When I played Lenny, I was out of control. I didn't understand what was going on. Now I was married at the time and I didn't go home and drink. I, I'm not a big drinker. I'm, I'm two glasses of red, mm -hmm. maybe a scotch, maybe two scotch and, I, and I'm done. I'm done. I'm not a big drinker. Um, I'm not abusive. I don't go home and kick the dog. Mm -hmm. I do throw the cat when she wakes me up, but, <laughs> but that's, I'm not, I'm not that guy. So I had to quickly learn like what to do. And I've taken all of two courses, my entire acting career. 25 years ago, I took a basic commercial copy course uh, with Angela Montabano, a New York Italian woman that kicked me in the butt 
and and got me straight and i love her dearly and uh basic scene study with mark reihart so two courses back in the day so never learned this method that that method about method mm -hmm. but i for some reason embody the character i can read a script and as i'm going line to line i can feel and understand the emotions of that character and what i love the most when i talk to a writer or a director and kind of do my my pre-production work which you need to do pre-production you need to be off book you need to bring 10 plus ideas when i when i do my mind meld with the with the writer i'm always about 90 95 percent on track because mm -hmm. i read the script i read the whole script at least a dozen times okay because i want to know how my character affects the whole thing if i'm the lead if i'm supporting it's 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 a really important excuse me. it's important that i know then mm -hmm. i flip the front page over and i start writing out who i am okay 40 year old i'm a veteran all right i'm an alcoholic i'm unemployed i'm divorced twice i've got no friends like i do all that which sets up my emotional mindset mm -hmm. okay and then when you break down the script, each line has a certain intention. So if I'm coming in and I'm already embodying the character that the writer envisions, I ingest that. Okay. Mm -hmm. I ingest that. Look at Mr. Pacino. When he is on set 30, 60, 90 days, whatever it is, he maintains that character for the entire thing. When he was on Broadway doing, um, uh, Don Quixote, um, what's the name of it? When he was Don Quixote for like ninety days, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, Heath Ledger doing Batman, uh, excuse me, Joker playing the Joker mm -hmm. in Batman. He was the Joker all the way through, all the way through. Joaquin Phoenix, oh my gosh, the director let him let him do his thing, gave him enough space to do his thing, so. Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting. Sorry. It's interesting because you got to learn how to let go. I did a uh, a suicide scene. Mm. And I know it's a heavy scene. I show up on set and uh, I go to the, the director, the first AD. I go, can I see the weapon I'm going to use? Oh, yeah, we figured out the weapon. How the hell do you forget the weapon? It's a suicide scene. It's the biggest crux the biggest scene of the entire movie. You forget the friggin' weapon? Well, you've got a weapon, right? Yeah, I got two in the car. They're like, oh, can we see them? I had to do a suicide scene with my own weapon, with my own gun, okay? Now, I sent the scene to my brother and my sister. I'm not going to tell you what they said. Yeah. <laughs> Made my sister cry, which I was like, yes, I got you. I, I pulled you in. My brother said, after he cursed me out, he goes, if... You know, I'll come down and kill you myself. Mm. So, you know, I've learned how to go there and then how to get out of it. I need to do something physical to shake it off, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, I did a movie called Chances. It's a dark Christian movie. I think it's on YouTube. I, I don't know where it is. But um, I'm in jail and my, my son comes to see me. And it's a really, really dark movie. And my character is really, really dark. And then it's really redemptive. But I had to go there. And I enjoyed going there. 
so it's a really dark movie and the the actor i was working with newer actor and i, I told the guy i go look He's like, I'm really concerned. It's really deep. I, I'm not off book. I go, don't worry about it. He's like, what do you mean? I go, look, you're either going to want to kick my ass or you're going to give me a big hug and love me because I'm going to give you enough energy. I'm going to give you enough where you're going to come at me and we're going to really go there. We're going to go deep. And the kid didn't have a clue as to what I meant. So there's one scene. Uh, he's showing me where he cut himself. And then he bangs on this table trying to emphasize a point. Well, he punches the table breaks the table, wood chips and blood come flying at me. Now, it's like a Leonardo DiCaprio moment in Django Unchained when he broke his, when the glass went through his hand. Mm. Okay. So that was our moment. And all I'm thinking to myself as it's on, as it's going on, staying a kid, staying it, staying a kid, staying a kid. So another 30 seconds cut. And I look over to the director, I go, please tell me you got that. He's like, yeah. <laughs> oh wow yeah wow. and i'm like good job kid so when we were done i mean he was an emotional wreck i was an emotional wreck i had to go out and run around the block i had to go to the gym and i guess that's kind of why i'm a gym rat because i can i can kind of go to the gym pick things up put things down but get the get the emotions out of it mm -hmm. so that's kind of my vice if you would um yeah, but it's it's really showing a genuine, deep, true character. You know, um, I watch movies today and it's it's kind of you don't want to go watch a movie with me. I'm not fun to watch a movie with. If you're sitting next to me and we're watching a movie, I'm like, nah, eh, should have waited, <laughs> should should have eh, cried there and just stuff like that. That's what I'm going through in my mind. So when I go to a movie, it's like a master's class for me. Mm -hmm. You know, one, one of my most favorite actors, most revered is Kenneth Branagh. Okay. When I truly need a master's class, at least once, twice a year, I need to get recharged. I watch Hamlet. Now think about it. Shakespeare, tough as it is. Dialogue. Extraordinary. Absolutely. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh starred as Hamlet, directed it, produced it. Oh my gosh, what else is he going to do? Craft services and make omelets for breakfast? <laughs> I, I mean, the guy is just amazing. So I sit yeah. there with my notebook and I'm just, and I'm always getting something new because name the actor, they're in it. Robin Williams, rest in peace, was in Hamlet. Okay. Mm. So it's just, it it's, it's crazy. There's always something to learn about yourself. Going back from what you were talking about in your role, as someone with dementia, you know, yes. it tapped into the heartstrings of the cast. You were talking about how yeah. it also, you know, tapped into your heartstrings. Um, sure. What you had mentioned body movement, Jim, you know, weights and things that help you yeah. shake off the emotion of method acting. Is there one in particular that you can think of? And it could have been the role that you just mentioned, but you also mentioned the role of the uh, person who was committing suicide. What role do you feel has had the most impact on you emotionally? And um, was there anything in those roles that, that caused you to discover something about yourself um, that maybe you didn't know prior to those roles? That's a great question. That is a great question. Um, I, I'm sure nothing comes to mind per se, 
mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not going to give you like, if you ask Tom Brady, what's the best Super Bowl win? They're all great, right? Yeah. And that's what he said. What's the best Super Bowl win, Tom? Oh, they're all great. They're all memorable. I love everyone. I'm not going to give you a canned answer like that. And I take nothing away from the GOAT. I mean, I love Brady. He's now a Buccaneer, uh, though we're having a horrible year. You know, I think it's the first few roles that I've had. Now, I did a I did a dramedy. I did Daddy, We're Back. And we shot it. Uh, we shot a full season during the pandemic at the height, at the height of, the, of the pandemic. And the way the girls wrote the script, and I say the girls, Irish twins, um, mm-hmm just great writing and they wrote it knowing how i can go there and i can cry and i can do certain things well the premise of daddy were back my daughters now moved back in with daddy and just going through the drama of life i remember one scene where my daughter is pregnant and her boyfriend wants nothing to do with the baby and i confront the boyfriend now when I have scenes like that, I kind of channel my father and I channel my experiences and I try to embody again, method actor. I'm like, how would my father deal with that? My father would have killed the guy. Yeah. <laughs> my father, big burly Irishman. My father would have beat the the pulp out of the guy. Um, though he would have kept, kept, you know, kept it cool, but my father would have just intimidated the guy, made the guy poop his pants, you know, make him. So, you know, I'm kind of, I'm six one, you know, one ninety five ish, and I, I'm kind of embodying my father. So, that was a stretch, you know. And I went there, and the way the script is written, they allow me the room, and I think they write things in for me just to get me to go there, because I'm really a family man, you know. I just. You know, divorce affects families either, you know, different ways. I, I'm still, I consider myself family and love my family, love my children, do anything for them. So knowing all that, they really, they, they had me go there. And Trini Kersey was the other actor, great actor, great guy, um, just a great actor. So I was able to go through a range of emotions with him. And he told me he was pretty intimidated, like like he thought I was going to kick his butt, you know. So I was able to go there, both physically, emotionally, you know, intimidating, uh, Mm -hmm. if you would. And, you know, I channeled my father. As crazy as that is, you know, I kind of walked away from that, like, okay. You know, I, I played many nefarious roles where I've always had to be the badass you know, mm-hmm. intimidate people and kick ass and, and stuff like that. But to do it from an emotional perspective, that was interesting. I always like to give back to the veterans. I'm doing my my third veteran piece uh, this month, uh, Nothing Sacred, which I'm really excited about. It's a feature film. I did face the PTSD. Okay. Now, PTSD alone from a veteran's perspective is just complicated it's deep it's emotional there's layers to it so i read the script and i'm like yeah i want to do this and i was able to go there so halfway through it's the executive producer's story so we're having lunch and i'm like so you know what do you think he goes oh man you were such a badass he goes you 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 look great i'm like well thank you thank you he goes no and he goes no at this point i was a mess i go what do you mean he goes i'm crying I'm, you know, I'm just all over the place. I go, oh, 
you want me to cry? Now, mind you, we have a young director, the kid's sitting with us, the kid, all due respect. He's sitting with us. We're having lunch together. He's just laughing because he's seen my work and he knows I can go there. Mm -hmm. So I'm now huddling with the director. He goes, look, I'll give you, give you an action. Then I'll give you a second action when I want you to just let it all, let it all flow. So I'm sitting with my psychiatrist and nobody loves opening up to a psychiatrist, no. more than a veteran, <laughs> you know, a civilian, never mind a veteran saying, you know, how life, how, you know, PTSD from being in the, in the, uh, in the battle. So I'm going there, I'm going there, I'm going there. And then the, the dialogue went to a different aspect and I just started welling up, welling up, welling up corner of my eye. I see the director and I see he's ready to pull the trigger. And I'm going and I'm getting red. My eyes are getting all puffy and I'm getting ready to snot and just kind of go over there. He gives me a second action and I just go corner. My other eye, you see the executive producer, he's crying. Wow. (laughs) Again, you know, so you get to explore certain aspects and it's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. You mm-hmm. either get it or you don't, you know, I don't think, you know, that there's schools of thought across the entire spectrum. Well, you know, you can learn how to do that. I'm sure you can. You, you can learn anything if you practice long enough. Um, if you're going to come and spend good money to see me, I better go there. I better make it worth your money. I, if I need to deliver a message, if I'm doing a veterans thing, face a PTSD and I've got to deliver a message, damn it, I better show up. Yeah. And deliver, you know, because I need to, I need to hit those chords. Mm-hmm. I've got it's it's a lot of responsibility. And either you you take this serious as such or you don't. I take it as serious as a heart attack. A, because this is what I do. Mm-hmm. I love what I do. I'm blessed to do what I do. I'm very serious with what I do. And there's also responsibility. Yeah. There's also responsibility. See, Christina, I, I manage this like a business. Mm-hmm. I manage this like a business. It, it's I manage it the same way I did my dot-com. I manage it the same way I've done my financial professional business. I push the ball forward every day. So it's a matter of me working on my instrument, myself, because what can I control? I go to the gym, my diet, stuff like that. I can control my preparedness, mm-hmm. okay? And I can control, you know, what I do on a daily basis. I coach a bunch of new actors and not that I teach them the Kaminsky method or whatever method, you know, they want to learn. And and that's a joke. That was Michael Douglas's uh, uh, HBO, Netflix. I forget what, what, what station, what channel, but um, I teach them the business aspect. And I, I look out for opportunities and I, I push the ball forward every day and I have them write a business plan and I have them write down their goals and their affirmations. And these are things that should be taught in freaking grammar school, Yeah, you know, but for some reason we have to learn as an adult or sometimes we don't even learn as an adult. Yeah. Sorry. No, no apologies. It's interesting to me. And, you know, I was thinking about some of the roles you were talking about that have an emotional impact on you and those around you. And I also got to thinking, we were talking a little earlier about, you know, Heath Ledger, when you had brought his name up, I know there has been speculation that, you know, his death 
part of his role, his deep method acting role as the Joker played a part in his mental health and inevitably his death. It's speculative, I know. Um, but on that note, has there ever been a time where, you know, whenever you've been in a role that may be a darker role that it's played or messed with your mind? I know you said you go to the gym to shake it off and things, <laughs> but has there ever been a moment where it just wasn't really that easy to shake it off and, you know, what that looks like? Because, I mean, that's, you know, thinking back to him and other actors that have yeah either ended their life or overdosed, I know that it's more complex than maybe what most viewers of movies would even imagine if you're trying to have to be in that role and it's dark and it's, you know, something that would affect your mind and your mental capacity to function. I mean. that That's, that's a great question. And that's a pretty, there's a lot to unpack in that question. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a lot there in that question. I I don't know, you know. I, I mean, I, I've I've walked away from 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 set, you know. And I, you know, always, you know, try to be professional. I, I thank everybody. Um, there's times when I just had to run run off set. I mean, it's with that suicide scene. You know, I needed 20 minutes of my own just to get my stuff back together. Um, I I don't know. Mm -hmm. you know and I'm, I'm i don't not looking to cop out um i'm depressed on my own you know i don't need a script mm -hmm. so it's a daily battle and i and i if you follow me in social media i try to keep positive messages out there and try to but i think i'm preaching to myself more than anybody else if that makes mm -hmm. sense yes because when you wake up every morning it's a gift first off so you can do what you do with the gift. You can be mm -hmm. a victim or a victor. And mm -hmm. within that nanosecond, you need to decide, which is why I work to manage this, because this can get away from you real quick. So the moment I open my eyes, I've got my beautiful cats with me, and I try to meditate to manage my expectations of myself for the day, mm -hmm. um, which helps me with my mental state cold shower why cold shower oh my god cold shower you freaking crazy there's so many psychological benefits there's physical benefits there's psychological benefits now i i i've been doing a cold shower for 20 years because ed Milet, my business mentor that's part of his routine it's better than having five cups of coffee okay wow. but if you research it there's so many other medical personal benefits from a cold shower Mm -hmm. One is psychological, physiological. Um, I'm of a certain age. I've got a, a lot of inflammation from hitting the weights. So it helps me out tremendously. Doing my research, it also helps from a mindset. Okay. And then immediately following, I read my goals and affirmations. So my first 20 minutes, if you would, from me opening up my eyes. and Yeah, I've got to feed the cats in between. <laughs> <laughs> got to take care of my girls. Uh, but for the first 20 minutes, I'm working on my mindset and I'm trying to insulate all the negativity, all the negative self-talk, because again, we are our worst enemy absolutely, or, or our strongest advocate. Yeah. Choose, mm -hmm. choose, you know, 
So that's what I work on right away. So has it affected me? Um, I think I'm more in tune with who I am as a person, as an individual, as a professional, as a man, mm -hmm. um, than not. I, I've, it's never been hard for me to express myself emotionally. Um, but now I get to channel it differently. Okay. I don't have many people that are in my intimate circle. Mm -hmm. I don't want many people in my intimate circle. I remember watching a 60 minutes interview with uh, Joaquin Phoenix with Anderson Cooper and they're walking somewhere in Hollywood and Anderson's. Yeah. So what do you do on a Monday night? I have dinner. Might have a few beers. My, he's like, do we really have to go there? <laughs> you know, Joaquin Phoenix like, you don't need to know that I put my pants on my left leg for it. You just don't need to go there. So yeah. there's certain thing. I mean, I, I, I love it. A good friend of mine, um, uh, Rob Kahn is developing my website, known this guy since high school, a big technologist. And he wanted all my social media handles. So I sent him all my handles. He goes, I can't believe you're on that site. And I'm, I'm reading the text message, sends me a four page text. He goes, I just can't believe it. And he's going off politically. And I don't get into sex politics religion because I don't care that much. Mm -hmm. I, I don't care. My cats know my opinion. And if I'm <laughs> right or wrong, they let me know. Outside of that, it's none of your business. And I don't care to share that much. Mm -hmm. So all I, all I hit back, I go, and those people buy movie tickets too. And that's it. That's yeah. it. I, I don't. And, and so I find that interesting because I've achieved my goal. I've managed my message on social media. Does, does that make sense? It does. That, yeah. You don't need to know that I've got, I may have family issues or relational issues. I don't care to share. I channel all that. And I think it's cathartic for me to bring that out in my roles. I know it's cathartic for me. It's cathartic for me to go hit stuff at the gym. I'm also a cyclist. I also like to run. I like to swim. So yeah. You know, if I'm coming home at two o'clock in the morning from set, I'm going to hit the gym or I'm going to swim. I've got to do something to change my physiology Yeah, body to get movement. out of my head. Mm -hmm. You know, now that that's what works for me. What may work for somebody else, you know, it's like anything else. There's thousands of different ways to get to the end result. You yeah, know, absolutely. I'm just just sharing what I do and what works for me. Yeah, and I'm definitely a proponent of body movement. I can yeah. say that it really helps with anxiety and, you know, depression. Yeah. Uh, being able to get those endorphins moving and sure. absolutely it's a beneficial thing. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us, Dennis. And My pleasure. it's touching and it's inspiring. Um, you came from, oh, there was something that we didn't really get into, but you had just and I, it was what I was going to just now say is you came from being a CEO and you said that there was a time where you lost a lot uh, financially, but you were yeah. able to overcome all of that and look where you are today. And that's inspiring um, to, to me and our listeners, because I know a lot of times people don't know how to come up out of a hole and life can throw us 
some really deep holes. And so I know we didn't really get too much into that and we won't, but I just kind of wanted to put that out there because I think we talked about it pre-recording a little bit, you know, how you were CEO at 25 and you were young and then, you know, hard times came. So it's, it's the method. uh, It's, it's the measure of a person to see, you know, you're, you're blessed with abundance. You're blessed with whatever. Yeah. And, and and then it's taken away from you. See, I've always been at my best at ground zero, you know, to start again, because, you know, you, you, you are the culmination of the books you read and mm-hmm. the people you hang out with. And I've got a very small inner circle and I like it that way. And, you know, you're, you're the culmination of your mentors and stuff like that. You know, Absolutely. there's a book that I, I just gave my son a book for Christmas and he was really excited to see it. Think and grow rich. Napoleon Hill. Okay. Now that is the granddaddy. Uh, you know, my certain people say, well, you know, I don't read personal development books. I don't need it. Well, yes, you do. Jackass. We, we <laughs> all need something. You're just too stupid and too stubborn to identify it. Well, and it, there's no stigma to it. It's, it's personal development. What's mm-hmm. wrong with developing yourself and trying to be a better human being every day. Long story short, my son's 23 still in college and he was really tickled pink to get that book. And I'm really excited. Now, if he if he reads it and just, you know, reads 10 pages a day, he'll read a book a month on top of everything else he has going on. So you just never know. And it's all about auto suggestion. It's all about managing your mindset. It's all about, you know, getting your head around your head and, yeah. and your biggest advocate. And it, it really... I, it's the granddaddy of, of uh, Tony Robbins and everything else that has come out. Everybody's read that book. So mm-hmm. get over the personal development stuff, the self-help stigma. If yeah. your ego is too big, uh, you're going to be stuck where you are and you're not going to grow. And that's, I, I heard that personally from a family member. Well, I don't read those books. They're self-help. Okay. You don't need help. You're, you're perfect. Right. You know, really? Exactly. There's one perfect person on this earth that I know of, and we killed them. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true. It's so. very true. So thank you so much for sharing that. And my you're pleasure. very right. Personal development. I mean, if we're not growing and developing, we're not alive, in my opinion. You you know, you're not living. You're not growing. You're not yeah. growing. You're dying. You're not. Exactly. So. You know? Exactly. Well, thank you, Dennis. Tell our listeners where they can find you. And sure. yeah, let us. I'm on. Uh, <laughs> I'm on every social media. I I TikTok. I TikTok. All right. Um, you know, which whatever happened to TikTok, I TikTok. Uh, <laughs> I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on YouTube. I uh, I I blog pretty often. You know, I I share messages. And uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty out there, you know, with, with my social media presence, please, okay. you know, if I can help anybody with any, anything, let me know, uh, be more than happy. Like I said, I do coach um, and, and I like keeping busy. So if there's anything that comes up, uh, I am the only Dennis Mallon. That's an actor. Uh, my father passed away. Uh, I'm Dennis Jr. My father passed away uh, four years ago. Now mm-hmm. my son uh really doesn't have for a millennial really isn't big on social media so if you type dennis mallon m-a-l-l-e-n you probably see my big nose but uh if i can help anybody with anything 
please feel free. Oh, you know, that's gracious of you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And thank you again. We'll have to have a conversation. We could sit here for hours and talk, but (laughs) unfortunately, we don't have that time. But thank you so much for sharing your story, Dennis. And I hope that it helps inspire other people and overcome and also just given us a background of you. So I'll go ahead and include all of your handles in the show notes. You get that to me. Thank you again, Dennis. It was a pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you.